I would like to begin this session in a very odd way. I'd like you to join me for a brief exercise of meditation. Both everyone here, and anybody who happens to be listening to the recording. Take a moment, observe your room wherever you are, get comfortable, sit up straight, and just relax. Breathe in. Breathe out. Close your eyes. You can probably still envision the room around you. Keep breathing. I want you now to imagine that the world outside of your room doesn't, has ceased, has stopped. It is not your concern, it is not your worry. If there are ever any thoughts that cross your mind, acknowledge them and let them go. They are rocks in your river. You will flow around. Keep focusing on just the immediate surrounding in your mind's eye. Now, slowly but surely, begin to eliminate details. Slowly, just like start removing things. Imagine that you are slowly entering your own personal sort of area where you are when you are. Not necessarily sleeping, but just conscious. Just thinking of just you. Imagine the world around you stopped and it is just you alone in this dark, warm void. Oddly comforting, despite how scary it initially sounds. It's okay being in this little darkness. Let's stay here for a bit. Breathe in. Breathe out. And just as you start to see that darkness, just as you start to get used to it, imagine a little crack appears within it. The faintest of sounds of shovels on sand. Maybe it's gravel. The crack gets bigger. Light begins to peer through. You see this darkness begin to crumble away as the light shines upon you. The warmth of the desert sun hitting your face for the first time in what may have been centuries, millennia? You're not sure. Two men stand from the light. Their, their skin has been baked by the desert sun rough and coarse from working out for just so long. They speak to each other in Chinese. Something to the effect of, we finally broke through. They're there. What's this thing? I, that is, well, she's truly amazing. 
quickly. Get, get, get the boss. Uh, they then, one of them speaks in English. Hey, uh, 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 Mr. Maverick, can you, uh, can you come over here, please? Nagel, your character for the first time has entered view. Please describe Colum to us. And this would be Colum uh, in a more expeditionary setting, wouldn't it? It would, yes. So in that case, he would... He's, he's a very small man. Um, very short and very thin, almost virally. Uh, who looks like, despite probably not being much more than he, uh, his upper thirties, uh, his his hair has gr long since grayed, receded or almost halfway uh, back his head, despite him uh, wearing it at, uh, at almost shoulder length at the back, where it's uh, it, it, it's all co uh, combed back against his skull. Um, he has a very thin face and a hawkish no nose and these very thick round glasses that balance atop them. And at the moment he is wearing some rather sturdy uh, trousers with suspenders attached to them and a shirt that was probably white at some point but is now sort of brownish grey. Uh, as well as a wide-brimmed hat to protect him from the sun above. And despite how it must be very heavy to be lugging, lugging around, he's carrying this immensely big suitcase that's probably as big, if not bigger, than his torso, which is just lugging around and going, Yes, have, have we found it? Yes, we've, uh, we've unearthed the cave network. Uh, it would appear, though, there's this mural right over there, and and these and now the three men begin to look towards the mural from our perspective. Column, it's an interesting depiction, for certain. It's definitely kind of the honorific one would give to a bodhisattva of some kind, but one you've never recognized before. He takes his glasses off, man. Wipes them, uh, wipes them clean of dust before putting them back on and getting up real close to have a good inspection, just close up, making sure not to touch them. He barely Notice. even breathes. You look at it and, yeah, no, her features are... That's not common for art from the 7th, 8th century? You're not quite sure which. Around that time, though, you look to the left and the right of her, and there are strange white ape-looking creatures. What do you think it means? Well, clearly it must be some sort of depiction from legend. Sure, assured. Hmm. Uh, in two more uh, men f uh, enter into this cave. There is uh, there is a a young a, a relatively young looking, despite being fifty four, 
he's uh, he's very clean shaven. His hair is neat, despite being out in the middle of the desert. He's you know walking over there, uh, and as professor and he is uh, Professor Wang as he comes as he comes up uh, behind you, along with a, another man from India. His mustache uh, has a bit of a uh, handlebar to it. Uh, he approaches uh, carrying a bunch of photo photographic equipment. Well, certainly the biggest find we've had since since the initial library cave. Yes, um, Sophian, be, be careful with the pictures on this one. Uh, don't use the flash, I assume. Yes. Uh, on it. As uh, he sets up his camera, he takes he takes the photo. We hear the click. And with that, we cut to a small little, like, uh, you tell me, Adrian, where do you live in Ireland? Well, um, currently I'm residing in, um, in County Dublin, a small cottage, mostly so we can be near the woods at this point. Yeah, it's been a strip, yes. Yeah, a nice little cottage, yeah. Uh, uh, you're sitting down, probably taking your morning tea, I would assume. Yes. <laughs> uh, do you still get the newspaper out here? Well, yes, it's not too far out from the mainland to get newspapers. You find, like, the local uh, paper, it's, uh, the dateline reads August 2nd, 1923. Uh, the big headline is that, uh, President Warren G. Harding is dead. Oh. Uh, but, uh, that's American news. The other big thing in the news these days has been, uh, the dock workers' strike in England which has been, a bit of tension uh, has been boiling in the southern parts. Well, that's... I guess I'm glad I'm away from that for now. But as you're looking through the newspaper, you uh, flip over to the international section, you see a... Huh. Well, that's an interesting picture. Hmm. New cave discovered. You read the list of names. Uh, the first three you don't really recognize until you get to... Oh yeah, Professor Langdon Warner. Huh. Hmm. That's a name I haven't the... seen in a while. Huh. There's a there's a knock at your door. Huh. Yeah, you go answer it. Uh, you walk up and... Uh, uh, you find the... Oh, it's a postman. Uh, Miss Ward? Yes? Hmm. Letter for you, ma'am. Ah, thank you. Uh, you... Uh, hands off with the letter. And it, it, it even says on there, it's like, To Miss Ward, wherever she may be within, within Ireland. Ah, uh, the Irish ah. post office. Never failing to find anyone. Yes. <laughs> no. Thank you, sir. Do you let's crack go. it open? Yeah, let's go open it. Step inside, open it up. What do we have here? You find uh, a letter from Professor Warner inviting you to a lecture that is soon going to be given uh, in Beijing. Hmm. He says that while he himself is not attending, you would probably be interested in some of the findings they've made. 
in it, there's uh -huh. also an invitation uh, little thing attached. Hmm. Well then, I suppose it's been a while since I left Ireland. <laughs> if I'm yep. interested in... I assume you book your passage. Let's go. <laughs> Let's see what this has in store. This takes us to uh, Vidi Chautari. Uh, we find you aboard a ship going to Beijing. Yes. Ah. So, you had received a letter to attend from here, from uh, Column. Is that correct, uh, Mr. Maverick? That's correct. What does the letter say? Uh, you don't have to give me the exact specifics. You can just kind of gesture at the exact details you've uh, listed out there. Column will... Uh make a mention of remembering Vithis. Is that correct? Yes. Vithis um, excellently poisoned mind uh, during his vis uh, visiting lectures at uh, her university uh, and uh, would therefore like to extend her an invitation uh, to come and see this new found uh, found this uh, to uh, to grant the younger gen generation an uh, opportunity to get in uh, early with something so uh, potentially potentially so ex uh, exceptional. In addition, there was also one of the invitations to the lecture as well. No. Hmm? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. Sorry. It's <laughs> the main plot contrivance. Uh, so, where does that put you in the state of mind as you're aboard this uh, ship? Have, how, how much has VD traveled? Like, wh what's her internal state of mind regarding this? Oh, she's she's excited. She's only really gone outside of her state once, and that was because at the time, if you wanted to participate in civil, civil service under the British Raj, as an Indian, you'd have to take an entrance exam in London. So she went with her father once uh, when she was early teens. But other than that, she's kind of stayed native to her area. So she's excited for the new sites and opportunities and especially to learn about uh, new belief systems or be refreshed on devotions and religious kind of cultures and traditions uh, when she's over there. Uh, and just uh, for my own personal amusement, how do you spend most of your time aboard the ship? Like, this is a cruise liner, so... going to be looking at the ocean a lot because it's so dazzling but she'll also be people watching honestly maybe engage in a bit of conversation if uh, the opportunity arises but uh, 
mostly watching, maybe sitting down in a kind of bar restaurant area and taking notes or quick sketches of the people she sees or the almost key words that she hears that she may ask about or look up later. And we go from this calm and relaxing scene to a hard cut of a very ruckus bar in Shanghai. The sound of cheers and clattering glass. We find one Vivian O'Brien sitting at the bar opposite uh, Angus McChum at the Stumbling Tiger. So, where are you heading to, uh, lass? <clears throat> Sorry. <sighs> right, Nagel, you were there for the first time Angus McChum showed up. <laughs> you gotta love he's a reoccurring character now. Could be talking about either one of us, though. <laughs> We, we could both have the most Irish name ever to Irish. But yeah, what brings you out here to Shanghai? Ah, uh, well, you know, travel. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of expats in my time, and you don't, and you don't really strike me up as the kind of person to, uh, well, just be going here without reason. Oh, well. <laughs> why why stay in one corner of the world, I say? Fair enough. Where are you heading to after this? From here? On to India. Where on to India? Well, might as well give you. Uh, you seeing someone? No, it's more of a. It's more of a uh, academic. Trip. Huh. Well, you might. But my mind, my mind is open. If you catch my drift. Well, I'm certainly flattered, but uh, your name isn't. Uh, your name is O'Brien, isn't it? Uh, yes, that's right. Vivian O'Brien. <laughs> Got a letter for you. Oh? Uh, from somebody named, uh, Bazas Wayne. Who? Sorry? Uh, just a reminder, I think we vaguely talked about this. I think we said you knew the photographer on the expedition. We did, that's right. What was your I didn't come completely with? unprepared. Uh, I think we just said they were, uh, like, academic buddies, like, it's a platonic, but mostly a professional kind of a relationship, cordial, but they're not close. Cordial, not close. There was an attempt at coy flirting, it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, I, I don't think he's yeah. interested. Oh, well. Onwards and upwards. But he did send you this. 
explaining about recent discovery he discovery he's made that he's going to be up in Beijing. Heard rumors that you were passing through Shanghai, and uh, knew the stumbling tiger was sort of the place for expats. <laughs> oh, how nice of him! Scan. And as you're uh, as you're reading over this, you also get an invitation to huh, speech about the Silk Road. I mean, you're a botanist. It doesn't really seem like it's going to totally pique your interest. I mean, if the offer was made, seems almost impolite to turn down. Yeah, I mean, cocktail reception. I'm sold. Sold. <laughs> Looks like you're booking a train for booking a train for Beijing tomorrow. And good thing, too. Oh. Turns out it's in two days. Oh! <laughs> Gotta get a move on. And with, and, uh, with that, we see uh, you prepare to, like, you know, go back to your room and uh, clean and, like, get your bags ready and prepped. Uh, Angus McChum kind of just notices, Wait! Uh, Madam, you forgot to pay your... Damn it, Jack Brady! Drunk again! <laughs> Uh, this is why I don't want my paper. <laughs> With this, we cut to the next day the at the train station in Shanghai departing for departing for Beijing. We see Vivian board the train, but we also see Adrian and Vidi show up as well. How do you all, like, like, you all board the train, and I'm not going to give you any reason to start talking to each other, but I'm just going to say you kind of share glances of each other, so now's kind of the opportunity to describe what you look like for the first time. Well, I suppose I'll start then. Adrian is, uh, she is dressed in a rather smart way, let's put it. Uh, about, you know, a uh, nice little, the words are slipping from my mind, damn it. <laughs> I don't have to, like, have the most, you know, evocative description. You know, how did she dress? Yeah, I know, I'm forgetting the bloody term for the fabric type. Weed? Tweed, that's it, yes. A nice tweed, tweed vest, tweed vest, yes, very smart looking. Tweed vest, bluish tie. A skirt rides up about mid-calf. Long sleeves. She has a fairly circular head. Long black flowing hair. About shorter length. Rather smart look and a... Size-ish, vaguely medium flat cap on her head. Again, tweed. Thanks. Uh, who's next? I can go. Yeah. Okay. Um, Vidi's in her late 20s, of average height with an athletic build, with russet brown skin and wavy jet black hair tied back into a tight bun. She's wearing a yellow silk sari and a white short sleeve blouse cut at the midriff, uh, and with a heart-shaped face, her dark brown eyes are accentuated by an herb-based eyeliner. 
And what of you, uh, Vivian? Ah, Vivian O'Brien is a fairly tall, very fair-skinned, red-headed lady. And she... She dresses... Simply, but very, very elegantly. Like, she's very neat, very... Yeah, elegant is just the word that would come to mind. And she looks comfortable in this environment, but you'd be hard pushed to say she looks relaxed. Like, there's a very conscious amount of poise on her, almost. As these three people ride the train going to Beijing, there's really not much that can be said. They all give these glances. But our sentient camera knows their fates are intertwined. And as we pan up out of the train, we see the we see the sort of suburban sprawl on the outskirts of the little of the walled-off city of Beijing. We approach ever closer, and as the and as the train pulls into the city, we get our title card, the Children of Fear. Opening credits then proceed to roll. Nagelfar is Mr. Colum Maverick. Mal as Adrian Ward, Geo as Vidi Chowhury, and and uh, and Echo as Vivian O'Brien. So, and then with special guest Zakative and Nash as your keeper. And uh, once the the audience had a fair enough moment to question to themselves, wait a minute, Zach isn't even in this voice call. What the huh? Wait, he can't huh? What? Mm-hmm. We then cut to. <laughs> The Rainy Streets of Istanbul, 1927. Well, took you long enough. Ah, yes. Hello, Raheem. Haven't seen you since the invasion. How have you been? Eh, solving cases. Still haven't gotten over her. Well, you might like what we have to say. Toprock's been putting this speech off for a while, just so you could hear it. You know, whenever I picture Turkey, I imagine it as, like, sunny and arid. Not, you know, filled with rain. It's the rainy season, friend. After all, you should be used to it living in Massachusetts. I'm used to it living in England. Now, where is that bookshelf? I don't know why you need my help, though. I left the trust after this whole... thing. I personally would just prefer to stay out of all of it. Look, that's where we need you. You're an expert more on this subject than you know. Ah, it's this one. Ah, Jack. Glad he can make it. Quick, he's about to start. Ah, uh, thank you, Mr. Newsom. <coughs> Ladies, folks, and gentlemen, thank you for coming. You all know me, so I will not waste time with introductions. Last year, head librarian Rama Hutet discussed a file about a group of explorers. The authors each kept their own notebook and diaries. The group consisted of Adrian Ward, in what can best be described as a cryptoanthropologist, Vivian O'Brien, a botanist with a bit of a wild streak, and Viti Chowdhury, 
A student and one of the first in the field in art preservation. All three of these people would truly meet when they attended a lecture of Monsieur Colin Maverick, who would also join the party. Naturally, we tried to reach them for comment, but some were deceased, while others refused to comment. However, these were but the leaders of the expedition. There were many other people they brought along with them, and so through them, we were able to fill in some gaps of the records. These four and the companions traveled along the Silk Road, unearthing several key artifacts by having said to be discovered in Lost City in Himalayas, one only spoken of in legend. Normally, this sort of thing will be just of interest in actual archaeological trust. But Rama's interest was piqued when amongst the stored items in the folder a series of slides, all taken by the renowned photo journalist Sophia Vassas Wayne. These photos show murals from the caves of Thousand Buddhas, one of which showed an image of a woman, one who at the time was commented upon as having very modern features. They had no clue as to the identity of the woman in question, but we were able to immediately identify the woman. I'm getting ahead of myself. Allow for me to recount to you in full the events that inspired. It began on September the 20th, 1923. Colin Maverick was preparing to give his speech to the China Lecture Society regarding recent discoveries made at the aforementioned caves. But it had seemed a series of unlucky events led to some delays. It began when Colum woke up at the Wagonlitz hotel room he was staying in, and had missed his alarm, and was almost late for the breakfast downstairs. I leave it to you to say what you do. Well, if Maverick missed the alarm, then... We'll just have to do without breakfast today, won't we? He'll simply get dressed, take a mandatory tea, uh, and then uh, have some scrumptious bit of bread on the way as he hurries to make sure he doesn't become later than he is. You want, you grab your tea, you're you're drinking it. You're not really like savoring it like most people normally would. You head down. You grab your your slice of bread, and begin gathering up your stuff, getting ready for uh getting ready for the uh, lecture. Heading down the stairs, you arrive into the uh, hotel lobby. It's filled with all this old like a uh, European ornamentation that feels so out of place in Beijing, in uh, Beijing now known as Peking in this time period. And as you're Looking around, and as you're looking around uh, there, there's also, like, framed newspapers of the Orient Express on the wall, which is, like, not even anywhere near here. Eh. Probably irrelevant. Strange. Eh. Irrelevant. The headline's in French anyway. You can't read it. One of the few languages I can't read. Yep. In there, you notice, uh... Oh, your former student. Ah, she apparently booked the same hotel. Maverick today, by the way, is dressed in a dark gray uh, suit uh, with a checkered 
uh, green tie to it. And he looks exactly like the sort of person who would consider it to be a fun little twist to wear a checkered, suit, uh, checkered tie. Ooh. Ooh. I like. Uh, Vidi, you see your, uh, you uh, see, uh, you would probably say Professor Maverick. Uh, just uh, uh, running down the stairs, clearly in a rush. Carrying his large suitcase. Professor Maverick! VT, hello! How many times must I say, it's alright with Callum, Mr. Callum, if you must. Mr. Callum, it is. It's, it's so nice to see you. Yes, and you too. I am so glad you made it. You, you are here for the lecture, are you not? Oh, yes, yes. Yes, I am. Very excited. Wonderful, then. I, I fear I'm running a little bit, bit late. Walk with me, please. Oh, oh, yes. You rush out the door into uh, the, into the uh, Tartar half of the, of the city of Beijing. Moving around, you see not off in the distance the Imperial City with the palace over, over the horizon and little glimpses of the gardens just kind of peering over the walls. There's only one way into the Imperial City, though, and that's through the main gate. Luckily, it's not that far away. Uh, do you, uh, how do you want to try to, you know, how do you plan to get to, uh, the lecture? Do you just want to walk straight there? Do you want to try to book a rickshaw? You going to go for, uh, what is it, for, uh, uh, the tram system? What would be the easiest way of getting there? Trams are a little bit unreliable. Who knows how the electricity's doing today? The rickshaw would be a little bit faster, but admittedly a little bit touristy. And walking is always reliable. Then walking. Let's not take any unnecessary risk. A brisk, speedy walk. Exactly. Which, despite being so small and looking so frail, Column certainly knows how to move at speed. You're just like, you know, moving at like an incredible speed. Uh, all around you, you see the hustle and bustle of the city. People, people just moving around. Uh, somebody riding, like, I think a, there's like carts moving. A wild horse at one point just like got out of its pen and is running down the streets, almost knocking you guys over, but you thankfully get out of the way. But there's just all these, like, you know, just people just, like, openly, just out and about, enjoying the bustle as the gates begin to open into the Imperial City. And eventually, you go around the Forbidden City where the Emperor is, and make your way to the, to the Imperial University, getting to Lecture Hall, getting to the Lecture Hall where you need to be. Yeah. Which was five, if I recall correctly. Yep, Examination Hall 5. Only to arrive in there and see two men who are trying to repair the roof right now. Uh, Ni Hao? Ni Hao? Uh, they 
since you speak uh, Mandarin, they can uh, easily talk to you. Uh, this will this conversation's in Chinese. Uh, sorry about this, sir. Uh, do you need the room soon, or? Yes, we were supposed to have a lecture here starting in, well, starting in fairly soon, actually. I don't believe there will be time. Is there, per chance, another room available? Yes. Lecture Hall 4, I believe, is still open. And right as he says that, uh, the pipe bursts, and it's like, water is spraying in his face. I will get out of your head. Four is perfectly fine. Finally, did you know that uh, here four is considered an unlucky number? They say this to VT. I'll let you decide if you know that or not. No, I, I, I didn't know that. No, indeed, it is much like thirteen would be in, in the West. Ah, it's. Really is an unauspicious day, but I am sure things will go well. I mean, the, there's four noble truths, so it, it can't be that. The number can't be that unlucky. I at least remember that from class. Well, you know, as they say, one thing is very sel- seldom solely good or solely bad. Indeed. It's while, all about context. While Columns VD and uh, Professor Professor Wang and uh, Basa Swain begin setting up in Lecture Hall Four and getting the uh, preparation, Columns will of course introduce VD to them. Of course, and we will, and we will come back to the scene in a moment. I wish to take a brief moment to uh, look at the life and times of uh, Adrian Ward and uh, Vivian O'Brien real quick. So, Adrian, uh, you're you're also yes. staying at the Wagonlets Hotel, hmm. and uh, so is uh, Vivian. Actually, uh, luckily the lecture didn't start for a while. They just had to show up early to do preparation work. Yes, yes. <laughs> you walk down stairs, and there's a complimentary lunch going on right now. Lunch, oh, lovely. Yeah, I'll go down there, get some food, mingle, I guess. See if there's anyone else here for the conference. You do find one person who showed up last minute, and that's when you sit down across from the table from uh, Miss from Miss O'Brien here. Hey. Well, hello there. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> so are you here for the uh, conference? Yeah. I am actually. Yes, uh, you. Oh. <laughs> well, what do you know? Obviously, yes. <laughs> Na- naturally, of course. <laughs> Excuse mm. me. Um. Yes. Mm. Ah. So, uh, might I ask what piqued your interest? Um, I'm a I'm a friend of ah, somebody it's, who's it's running. With. Thought I'd come in and see how he's faring these days. Haven't seen him in quite a while. Mm. Uh, for me, it's more of a 
I got a letter from an old friend who said this might be of interest, so I figured, hey, it's been a while since I left the country. Might as well come and figure it out. Either way, it might be a chance to explore a bit more, plan to stay a bit afterwards. Absolutely. Do you do you travel much beyond this? Oh, yes, yes. In the last couple of years, I've had to stay behind in a home, but before that, I've done a fair bit of travel, I must say. I've explored a good hunk of Ireland itself and spent about a year in Russia back in the, uh, what was it, uh, 18, I believe, 1918. <laughs> was uh, ah, you don't care about that. <laughs> uh, no, by all means, carry oh. on. <laughs> oh, uh, no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm an anthropologist, I guess. <laughs> what do you do? I'm curious. Uh, I'm talking about this. I'm a botanist. Uh, a botanist? Huh. Hmm. Now that's... Uh, you know, I know a little bit myself. <laughs> you do? Uh, yes, that's... I mean, with my... With, with all the exploring and such, you... Need to know at least some of uh, what nature out there has to offer. Uh, very true. Yes. Probably not nearly as uh, specialized, I suppose, as yourself, but it's something. <laughs> yeah. Well, knowledge is knowledge. Uh, <laughs> sorry, where are my <laughs> yes. manners? Uh, I'm Vivian. Ah, Adrian. Yes. Pleasure to meet you. And you as well. Tell me, do you, do you two decide to travel together to the conference, or are you going to travel separately? Well, uh, I mean, if you... Hmm. I mean, you yeah, okay, yeah. You said you're going there as well. Yeah. You just travel together, probably. Makes sense. You seem good enough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I will present the same choice as last time. Tram, rickshaw, or uh, do you just want to walk? Is the preference? Mm. Yeah, I can just I... walk. I'm Yeah, I'm perfectly happy walking. I've got... <laughs> I'm, yeah, these shoes will take it. Why not? Yeah, if you say so. <laughs> uh, again, for a new character description, Adrian's dressed in a peacoat, light tie underneath. Again, a black skirt hanging down past knee level. Mm-hmm. And Vivian? This all kind of hinges on something that Vivian would know, but I'm, I, there's obviously going to be time to change clothes between the lecture and the cocktail party, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, in which case, she's dressed for the lecture. She's dressed like a scholar. A very well-put-together scholar, mind you. Not, 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 not like the way Clara used to dress. We're talking... This woman gives a damn about her appearance. And it is, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it is uh, this. Uh, and as you're walking through. Uh, and as you're walking through Beijing, you, uh, you travel down and you're traveling along. A tram is passing by. And at some point, it, it gets ahead of you. And then you notice. It begins to zip, 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 and it 
dies in the middle of the of the passage. Some people get off and they look a little bit panicked and they and they uh and they're uh, do any of you do either of you speak Chinese like uh, Mandarin? Nope. I've never been here before. Yeah. You, oh, do. you do. Oh, nope. I do. Oh. And as they uh, begin to, you know, kind of mup, you know, they begin to, you know, just like walk over there and just go. Uh, they're walking up and they're students and they're going, oh, God, we're going to be late to class. We're going to be late for the special lecture today. Ugh. This is the worst. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's. That's unfortunate. I know. What's up? Uh, the, the tram just broke down. Now we gotta walk the rest of the way. If the uh, tram's down, that means electricity might be might be uh might be on the fritz. I hope not. Uh, yes. Uh, I can't do much about that. <laughs> uh, you really can't. Uh, we just better get moving before it starts to rain. Oh. You look up and you see gray clouds beginning to assemble. Well, you just have to say that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> when it rains, it pours. Isn't that the truth? Oh, I'm used to it, at least. Being <laughs> Irish. <laughs> oh, London's no better. I say we're better. Only talking about the weather. Goodness. <laughs> now I'm here to make conflict. <laughs> As you begin, uh, I'm just going to brush that off as friendly banter. That that, that made me genuinely <laughs> laugh. <laughs> yeah. We as you continue as you continue walking uh, down the road, we cut back to uh, the lecture back to the lecture hall. We see uh, our we see Column Vidi, uh, Bazas Wayne, and uh, Professor Wang all. Desperately working to get everything ready, making sure the the cocktail reception is getting prepared. No, 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 no! You must over there. No, ah. <sighs> Column. I respect our friendship, but at the same time, I'm just. Wang just continues to rub his temples and just it is so stressed. Just take a moment, have a breather. As we all know, they do not know what to expect either. They will think we planned it like this. Yes, yes, you're, you're right, you're right. Sorry to make a bad first impression, uh, Miss Chowdhury, I just... It's quite all right. It's a, it's a big event. I mean, no, it's natural yeah. to feel like this. Uh, yes. Boss Wayne, how's the uh, uh, how's the how's the magic lantern going? It's it's fine, it's fine, sir. It it's going to be it's it's going to work just fine. Take a look, and he shows uh his uh his blown up uh slides from uh from the cave of a thousand Buddhas. See, works like a charm. You can switch them out, and we have and we have new images. It it's gonna work great. Perfect, perfect. Oh, spectacular. The things we can do with technology nowadays. 
And he cleans his glasses. Yes, well, I suppose now that we have them up, what do, what do you think of these pictures, Speedy? You see a... I will now give a more full description of the mural. It depicts, again, a woman dressed in oddly modernish clothing. Her hair is blonde and decently curly. You look you look at her and, she, again, she is kind of being honored as a sort of, you know, as, again, a bodhisattva figure. But there's these white apes, a sort of mandala around her. You notice uh, the depiction of some other figures offering some sort of offering to her. And there are two other figures behind her as well. Another woman with a uh, slightly shorter in nature. And a man with blue skin. Yes, your immediate thought, please. What springs to mind? Well, the the blue skin, it makes me think this is some adaptation of Vishnu. But the mandala effect, I love the detail. I'm not too familiar with the, the creatures, and it, it is a little surprising. Yes, I was thinking it might be some lost depiction from mythology, or perhaps some uh, local leader seemed to be carrying the blessings of um, well, uh, the Hindu pantheon, as it were. But really, until we have done more research, there's very little telling, but you yes, I think you're spot on there. Hopefully there'll be more research that can be done into it later. It's clearly has some devotional nature to it that should be further amplified. Indeed. What, what, what do you think of these white figures? I mean, depending on how old this is, it could it potentially be a creature that may have gone extinct or just a very passionate representation of some sort of current animal to the region I suppose that uh, Shavid could potentially be some sort of bear or spectacularly large dog but if, if mythology is involved um Who knows? They do look rather beautiful as well. I love the detail. Indeed, to, to find something so well preserved, it's quite exceptional. You, I am hard-pressed to describe my joy at the occasion. I'm very happy you invited me here. Seeing this alone is is worth the trip. Well, of course, you 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 know what they say. Shared joy is twice the joy. Few hours pass after the setup is done. The reception has 
the reception is open. The students, uh, Adrian and, Viv and Vivian, finally arrive at the reception just like ten minutes before it's going to end. Yeah, they oh, got held up it. bad. And it started raining. No. Oh, oh, good. You said it started raining. I don't have to be the bad guy here. <laughs> oh, the, I can't believe oh, it started poor raining. Dears. Look at them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can't help it, as I said. Well, no. We, we can't control the weather. Still, though. Yeah, it's still a shame. It... Gosh, lucky thing we made it here in time. Yeah. It's a who's who of Chinese academia, along with a bunch of students right now. I recognize but, nobody. <laughs> yep. But somebody recognizes you. What? Or rather, recognizes Vivian. Oh. As uh, as uh, everybody is beginning to introduce each other, Column, you're currently at the podium getting ready to prep, I would assume. Or you could be out here socializing. Uh, I leave it to you to decide. Oh, Column has... Honestly, started to have enough social interaction for today, so he is prepped. Yep. Uh, VD, are you out in the reception? Yes. Uh, Bazas uh, Wayne goes. Oh, the uh, Vivian, Vivian. Ah, uh, hello. <laughs> Ah, glad you could make it in time. I thought I heard the I thought those rumors would be true. Thank you, thank you. It's wonderful oh, to see you again. Really it is. Ah, great to see you as well. Who may you be? Ah, where are my manners? Sofian at Bazaswain, photojournalist extraordinaire. Adrian Lord, the anthropologist. Ah, pleased to meet I know you. Well, I've heard of you. You have? Oh. Yes, uh, Langdon oh. Warner mentioned you to me. Oh, huh. I think I made enough of an impact on him to mention me. <laughs> uh, he sent you the invite, didn't he? Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> so you would be an expert in the in the field that we're that uh, that we'll be mentioning. We have some very interesting images that will be shown, and we need as many minds as we can to put their heads together on this. You know, it's neat to know that because he told me nothing. Exactly. He said. Ah, first, first opinions and such, I see. We need to, uh, we are keeping this a little under wraps until, uh, we're ready for the presentation. Uh, uh, Column has been doing a whole lot of work on this. Mm. Uh, Column, uh, the man giving the presentation. Ah, yes. He is on the invitation, yes. But yes, he's a leading expert on, uh, on Silk Road archaeology. I must admit I'm not. <laughs> It's good to have somebody here. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, where are my manners? Uh, Vidi! Hmm? Yes? Uh, you're still a student, right? No, no, I, I... I graduated, but I was very much recently one. Uh, expand your contacts. I've got a couple of people here who you'll want to meet. I'd love to. Uh, this is, uh, Vivian O'Brien, and, uh, this is, uh, Adrian Ward. Uh, they're, War Ward's more a friend of, uh, Langdon Warner's than mine, but, uh, good to get more disciplines, uh, to be in contact with. Cross oh. Cross-collaboration, I yeah. fully agree. 
So, Vidi, you said? Vidi, Vidi Chowdhury. Vidi Chowdhury, okay. Uh, so what do you do? <laughs> I'm an art preservationist. Oh. Mm -hmm. so One of the first in the field. There is yeah. a real beauty to rejuvenating what has been made in the past. And especially, personally, I very much love renovating and refurbishing religious pieces. Ah, religious, you say? Hmm. What's, uh... Yes. I don't think you would have many active opinions on these, but I am curious. I vaguely know what Vidi's, uh opinion is on like you know religious studies but what is like adrian's take what's vivian's kind of thoughts on this because this might be some of your first times truly interacting with hinduism and buddhism just like what you vaguely yeah. would know about it i'll be frank i haven't had much cause to have to come across or look into it very much every now and then i might need to tap into more of Mythological aspects of such, but that's not really the true religion itself. So I, I, I can understand it, but I don't have much personal experience. I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> Fine, I just was curious, Vivian. I don't know. Ah, uh, yeah, Vivian doesn't have much, like much academic understanding of this she's kind of on a personal level she's kind of closed off from religion as a as a whole it just doesn't she just doesn't vibe with it but academically speaking she's get little little knowledge but willing to gain more knowledge very long-winded way of saying she doesn't really know any <laughs> know, but it's fine it gives me sort of vague ideas of attitudes going in and uh, with that, uh, Professor Wang uh, steps uh, out of the out of uh, the lecture hall, and uh, and just uh, declares to the group, uh, "The lecture will be beginning shortly. Uh, there will be another reception after the speech. Uh, please, please come and come in and uh, sit down." You all file your way in. I presume unless you suddenly one of you says no 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 i go to the bathroom and uh you know like don't <laughs> go to the speech at all i'm just gonna spend the whole thing sitting at the bar waiting for the drinks no of course i'm going in <laughs> yes as uh as uh, everybody enters and files in you see students and professors and they're all kind of gathered like wondering what exactly it is that like you know we're having like this talk about the silk road for and what strange new discoveries were made. Mm. And as uh, Ray begins to sit down and murmur, uh, Professor Wang quickly takes to the podium and says, Ahem. Ladies and gentlemen of the uh, Imperial University and esteemed guests, uh, thank you once again for coming here today. Uh, we appreciate that you, have, that you are supporters of these more recent discoveries and that we are here to share our uh, announcements to the world. In this, we will be giving a general lecture over the, you know, the history of the Silk Road to provide some context, and then we will uh, dissect the discoveries therein, and uh, uh, we will be bringing in today 
our, uh, our esteemed speaker, Mr. Colum Maverick, with uh, slides provided, taken by the great uh, Mr. Bazos Wayne. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please put an applause together for Mr. Colum Maverick. And he uh, gestures toward you, and uh, he steps away from the podium. Mm. Colum comes up on the stage, and uh, as the applause comes, he almost seems to shrink in a little to himself, giving a sort of half-dismissive way for people to calm down as he puts his suitcase down um, um, onto one of the tables. Before taking his place at the podium. Floor is yours. So, oh, good greetings, everyone. I suppose I can hardly come with a better introduction than that. I am Colum Maverick. Mr. Colum is plenty if you need my attention. If you have any questions during the lecture, please um, raise your hand and Try not to interrupt until word is given to you. So, to begin, I suppose mostly everyone in here will have some rudimentary knowledge of uh, the Silk Road, but uh, in case it is the case that you do not, uh, though it is called the Silk Road, it have, of course, been used to transport many different sorts of wealth through the ages as well as, well as uh, allowed the culture and uh, language to flow east to west and the other way of around, of course. But did you know that it's really more than one uh, silk road indeed it's more split into three only born the name of uh, silk road for about some oh, yeah, closing in on 50 years now this was named by baron F ferdinand von uh, richtofen which uh, i'm sure that's a name some of you will recognize in either case seeing where we are, the uh, Silk Road started in the ancient Chinese capital of Chang'an, now Xi'an, which you might be more familiar with, and traveled up the Kansu Corridor to the oasis tower of Tanjuang, where it split into the three main roads. Well, now talk briefly about this most northerly part, part avoided um, the Taklamakan Desert, um, which is famously not particularly well liked to traverse through, and instead headed through the Tian Shan Mountains. And the other two, which we often call the northern and southern silk roads, um, skirt the edge of the Tarim Basin and relies on the oasis towns around there to refurbish any travelers traveling around it. 
the northern Ralph goes through the Jade Gate um, to Turfan and beyond, and finally reaches uh, Kaskar um, at the other end of the Taklamak. Uh, Though there's supposedly some shortcuts available if you're in a hurry, but I might stick to the path. Asper up through Diao then leads to Mongolia, where a lot of Russians uh, escaped from um, the Soviets after the um, revolution. Um, the southern route, um, on the other hand, left China to Yangquan or the Sun Gate. Um, and heads up the Kanlaun Mountains uh, through Khotan and Yakan uh, before it uh, rejoins the northern route at Kashkar. Um, there is a trade branch worth mentioning there that splits off at Yakan and here, uh, head over the Karakora Mountains into India. West of Kashgar, uh, the road once more uh, splits off. It uh, has an offshoot th uh, throughout the trading cities of the Balkh, Samarkand and Mokora, uh, before once more co-joining at the, the Merv. As it passes through um, Hamadan, which some of you may know is ancient uh, Ekbatana and Palmyra, uh, the, uh, the road continues to Ethiopian Tyre onto the Mediterranean Sea and from there Venice and beyond. But now that we have passed through those more uh, distance paths, let's return to Tanguan and the caves of um, the thousand uh, Buddhas, um, where when uh, Sir Mark Arrelstein visited them in 1907, uh, they collected a vast number of books and art treasures, some 40,000 manuscripts. Um, uh, one of you might be familiar with the Diamond Sutra um, and five large cases of statues and paintings which um, he paid the custodian before uh, custodian before transporting them to the British Museum in London. Basil Swain proceeds to. Uh grimace a little bit at the uh you know the british museum line he has opinions uh but he begins uh, to put his slides up a grimace mimic on a column by the way mm -hmm. and uh right as like you're about to get to the big reveal the big point why we're doing this whole thing the lights begin to turn back on they buzz really brightly and then Pitch black. People gasp in the crowd. You oh. suddenly lose your 
consciousness for a couple of minutes, you... Vivian. Yeah? You have been camping out in the middle of the Himalayas for God knows how long now. It's cold, it's freezing, you hate it. Okay. You, tried, you wake up in the middle of the night, your companions are asleep. What do you do? Having just woken up in the middle of the night camping in the Himalayas, it's cold as hell and my companions are asleep. Mm-hmm. Little stroll around the campsite, not like I can get any colder. You hear a voice. Vivian. Hello? Come over here. You feel... At this point, assume it's a practical joke and probably just shrug and follow. You feel warmth coming from that direction. You get closer. Before you, you see a swirling open portal to a place of warmth, a tropical jungle almost. You see a woman, her skin red as paint. She stands before you, she's barely dressed, her hand extended. Join us. Okay. As you approach, she shifts and forms. You're never quite sure when, but she switches from in, from female to male. Incredibly, one of the most handsome men you have ever seen. Stay here. Join this jungle of the earthly delights. Abandon your quest. Uh, do you do anything? Uh, I don't know. Instinctively, this feels like a horrible idea, but at the same time... <laughs> I'm going to regret this later, but she 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 proceeds. You find yourself surrounded by others. Their skin tones are different. They're pink or blue or white or, you know, like they're like colors of the rainbow almost. You're surrounded by these things before you a dinner table filled with all of this food. And right as you're about to eat. Vidi. 
you find yourself in the middle of a forest, the ground burned. You oh, look wow. down, there's blood on your hands. Can I sniff them? Yeah, that's blood. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. As you lift up your hand, there's a knife in one. Oh, damn it. In the other, a bone. Okay. What do you do? I would examine both. Is is it a ceremonial knife? Is it... The knife is definitely ceremonial, but it's like made out of some kind of stone. In the other hand, the bone is engraved. It's it's a flute. Oh, that's something. I'd just start running, but with both things still in hand. As you begin to run, trying to find your way out, you see crawling out of the ground, and you would be aware of this. This is a funeral ground, and bones of corpses crawl their way out from the ground. These skeletons are following you. The flute begins playing a maddening tune that the skeletons follow. And behind you, still, in that third-person perspective you only get from dreams, you see two giant skeletons, the joined hand-in-hand, locked arm-in-arm, marching towards you, shouting, THIEF! Adrian. Ah. You find yourself in a small room, holding a gun in your hand, pointing it at, pointing it at this strange creature. It snarls and sniffles. It wants something you have. Lock down or I shoot. <laughs> Do you shoot? Was it backing down? I mean, it's like just curled up in a corner. It's, it's clearly afraid of you. Well, if it's not making a move towards me, I won't take an immediate shot, but... It needs it. We want it. Give the balls. Sorry, the what? The balls. The, the balls? You look in your hand and there's seven balls. Just like concentrically getting smaller. Why do you want the balls? Hey, precious. Yeah. The Lord's Shambhala, they needs them. You know, I, I don't know if it's a good idea to give you the balls. Agatha, rise, fear, the talker, the high... And it begins to vomit up water as it flows forth from it, drowning you in this room. Cut two. Oh. Column. 
you find yourself back at the cave of a thousand Buddhas, only you're in a new cave you've never seen before. It's warm, tropical, oddly, there's a single tree, there's grass, there's a small little river. There's a man, he meditates there. Or is it a statue? He sits under a tree. Do you approach him? Or do you leave him be? Holm will sit down and meditate beside him. You join him. And as you sit there and meditate beside him, he turns his head to you as soon as you are both done. And he simply says, and I didn't have the video ready, so it's not going to play in there. So I'll just give you the link and edit it in in a second. But, or give it to you later. But you hear him in a very distinct voice. He says, Tashidalek, which is Tibetan for hello. As you we sit. Greet him in return in Tibetan. I am waiting for you, is all he says. I am and here. As the four of you now find yourself in a in a flat valley. There's a the man that Column was with is in between the four of you. Each of you faces one of the cardinal directions. There are six people that surround you, but they all seem to be shifting in form that you can't quite make out who is who. The only one you can make out is some hobo dressed in he's blue he's got a lotus in his hat and he's kind of dancing but it's really odd and jerky but I still have the bowls <laughs> you have the bowls I have the bowls and and, and Vidi you, you, you have the flute and a drum Vivian, you, you're holding some scrolls? And Colm, you've got like a bunch of stuff in your hands all of a sudden. A, a, a trident and a, a, a an obsidian mirror? Huh. Hmm. Scrolls? Yeah. Scrolls. I assume not the gun. Not the gun. Okay, I have scrolls. The, the the dancing blue man approaches you. Colin will look in the mirror. The mirror shows you ancient times, times long ago, when this valley was populated by nothing but white apes. Colin will try to turn the mirror so he can look through it. First at the man who, who is standing in the center of all of them. Mm -hmm. Then to have a look at each of his companions through the mirror. And then finally at the dancing hobo through the mirror. The man in the, the, man in the middle reveals 
shows you him receiving uh, a quest from his master. Your companions reveal to you the scenes they just saw in their dreams. And you pointed at the people, the other six people surrounding the circle. Oh yeah, sure. Them as well. Uh, two of them, three of them are not the people you see there, but you see them like what seems to be a form of ritualistic cannibalism they partake in. With three of them. Two of them, well, you see one of them punching somebody in the face with like a boxing glove and the other like marching off into the Himalayas and just like freezing to death. The blue weird man, though, he has the strangest ones. You see, like, a fish, a turtle, a warrior, like, you see, like, a whole bunch of things, and the the whole universe, and the, it's too much to handle. And then the man approaches you, That's what he says. And is that any language right now? No, that's not any human tongue you're aware of. Then he <clears throat> corrects himself and he does and he says this. Be aware can I have that in writing? You write that down? Yeah. Be where took up a higher. Yeah, I I I can't speak backwards either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With that you wake up, you're, you're back in the lecture room, all of you. Everybody's, like, muttering to each other, and those of you that speak Chinese hear the phrase, I never trusted this lecture room, four is a bad number. And eventually, like, uh, calms down, Bazas Wayne finally goes like, okay, I got the, I got the projector to work again. We... Uh, 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 Colm, you okay? You blacked out there. Yes, it, excuse me, it must have been the shock of the, it, he, 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 he'll get up right in his glasses to stand at the podium. Is everyone quite all right? One guy says, I think I got like a little bit of glass to the forehead, but I think I'm okay. I bleed. No. You're free to say if you got please, injured by the exploding light bulbs. Please, please do call for at least uh, any medical personnel that might be on the be on the area in case there's need for for stitches for the poor fellow injured by the glass. Um, I brush glass out of my hair. I am terribly sorry about that. Let's let's all take a moment to. Um, 
to to breathe relax a bit and we let's say that we continue the lecture um fourth hand yet yes here here look over at one would you say half an hour to get back in order uh, yes yes i think that's a good plan yes sir. let's reconvene in half an hour everyone again ter- terribly sorry uh, the lecture is dismissed outside uh everybody kind of gathers back in the reception hall uh Professor Wang comes back and goes, Ugh, I am dreadfully... I don't know what's been going on. That certainly was something. <clears throat> was that damn rain, wasn't it? <laughs> well, when the tram broke down, they said... Hey, perhaps there was, was an electrical off. problem. Looks like we got perhaps. the worst of it. Ha! The worst. <laughs> <laughs> is everyone all right? Anybody injured? It's not a bit of a mess. I'm okay. I just have a piece of glass in my palm, but uh... in your palm? Yeah, just, 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 just a shard. It's not too bad. Um, but I might want to go to the restroom and wash it off a bit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, go right ahead. Okay. Yeah, I, ha- yeah. I have I have points in first aid. Do you need help? Yeah, same oh, as you. No. You're you're very kind, but um, I've 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 got this. Uh, if okay. you insist. If you insist, well. <laughs> uh, Vidi, you you go off to the women's restroom. You uh, you go in there. You you start working on getting the glass out. Uh, you you work at it. You glance in the mirror and uh, you still see uh, the blood on your hands, and then you blink and it's gone. And I very aggressively just wash my hands over and over again for about three minutes. Out, damn so spot. Calm down. Yeah, it's Shakespeare Day, ain't it? <laughs> You eventually get it out and you return. The The chatter has calmed down a bit since then. People seem to be largely okay with uh, all of this. And that's when Wang comes back into the room and he goes, uh, finds Basa Swain, he finds you. And, uh, you know, because he finds you, Adrian and Vivian, you overhear this. Mm. Uh... As if today couldn't get any worse. He shows this. Langdon's in trouble. Surely it can wait until after the lecture, wouldn't you say? No, no, absolutely, yes, but we... I must uh, begin preparations as soon as I can. We have to... We need to avoid an international incident. 
So I did tell you that it wasn't the best idea to leave him there. We really shouldn't have. Should have taken him with us. Would have been the best plan. Uh, I'll see what I can muster. Colin really does his best not to have a I told you so look on his face. And instead just tries to give a kind smile. You're right. You're right. We'll get there in time. I'll be in my office preparing up, making preparations. Uh, finish the lecture and uh, we'll get and uh, we'll get to uh, sorting this whole thing out. Uh, it's a bit of an ask, but uh, we need all the help we can get. Uh, Uh, so, uh, VD, do you mind, uh, do you, do you mind staying a bit longer and going on a small little, uh, trip out to the dig site? I was me meaning to invite her anyway. I, I, yeah. I can do that. Sounds fun. So, well, I'm sorry for overhearing. Did he say that, uh, on, well, I heard of Warner. My chance is that, uh, the line them that I know. The very same. That he's in trouble. Hmm. Oh, Are you a so just... friend of his? I'm more of a passive companion, but yes, I know him. He invited me after all. Because he's, he needs help. Uh, I'll give out my hand. Not, not, not to be of a skeptical mind, but do do you have your invitation? Why, yes, I do. Breaks it out. Yeah. Oh, yes, that is his signature. You, yes, it is. Yes. You, you, you must apologize. I'm sure you, you, you know Langner well enough to know that there, there are people unhappy with him. Uh, well, yeah. yes, if you're personally invited uh, by him, then. I, I see no reason you cannot come along. Yes. Uh, yeah. You said uh, it's at a dig site? Yeah. Baza Swain uh, uh, turns over to you, Vivian, and just goes, Unfortunately, I don't think I can go on this one. I'm needed back in my home as, uh, back in my home as Peshwater as soon as possible. Uh, they need everyone they can get. Uh, don't suppose you have some spare time, Vivian? Ah, uh, well, for you, always. Thank you very much. But uh, I'm afraid I have to be departing after this back to my home, but I, I wish you the best of luck, all of you. Hey. Thank you. Uh, Calm. you don't have to give the lecture, uh, uh, anymore after this, uh, really the one thing we just need to cover is, uh, what's in the, the slide of the new caves you've discovered. So... Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting if I gave the, re the rest of the lecture, considering that I don't have that material. 
Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> right. It's like I gave you all this material. Unfortunately, it's like the speech kind of gets cut off at the moment the uh, the dramatic event of the light bulbs explode. Um, but no, if please, you want me to just the... make up the rest of the campaign, we can go. Oh yeah, it's, uh, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, but in it's short, uh, theater guys. But in short, uh, the rest of uh, both Vivian and Adrian, you now see the mural that has brought everyone together here. Uh, and uh, if you need me to describe it again, absolutely, I will. But uh, yeah, Adrian, the big thing that stands out to you are those yeah. white apes. Ah, now I see why he said I'd be interested. <laughs> now this is—you said this is where we're going, are you? Indeed, it is. Well, it seems I found my. I'm interested in. <laughs> oh. Well, you're speaking like there is something in particular with it that intrigues you. Please share. As you see, these are uh, ape figures here. That very much falls into my line of investigation over the last few years. I figure if we and compiling evidence and such that these uh, let's I, I do more general but also in my work is focused largely on non-humanoids non-human humanoids in this case large ape creatures well that's why I ventured out to Russia back in uh, 1917 it was oh, you're there, a, there's rumors you're a all over the place biologist are you I suppose you could use that name, but it doesn't sound as good on the paper. <laughs> Nonsense. I, I have always respected cryptozoologists. It's one of the few fields of science that shrink the more you discover. <laughs> oh, that yeah. was a bird. Uh, I'll Vivian. have you know. Oh, look over there. <laughs> I'll have oh. you know that I have found Good progress in the last few years. <laughs> and this, what you have here, shows even further proof, I must think. Oh, no, no critique, kind woman. I congratulate you on your fine. Mm. I'm still coming, but only to help my friend. I can see why you and Langdon get along. Uh, Vivian, you you staring at the slide noticed that there was actually the intricate outlines of some trees in this photo, which you immediately are able to go. Oh, those are peach trees. Oh, <laughs> which uh, I'll give this one to you for free as a free little bonus piece of knowledge. Peach trees come up a lot in Eastern myth. Mostly, there's the infamous immortality granting peaches. Thank you for giving that to me for free, because I will have known it. <laughs> I... Yeah. Famously, Famously, Peaches granted mortal life. Have you not read the Journey to the West? <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, that's why you can get You no. expressly told me not to read Journey to the West. I joke. I joke. I told you that you didn't have to. <laughs> but please don't. It's long. Um, 
<laughs> well, I will, you know, convey this little bit of trivia politely to the group. Interesting. Yes. Hmm. Yes, that seems to lead some further credence to your theory there, Weedy. We'll get off it. Come on, let's go help out this guy. Colin looks confused as to why he's supposed to get off giving a compliment to VD. Did I miss you? you? <laughs> <laughs> I should have misheard you. Sorry. I'm 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 still a little out of it from the shatters. Oh, it is uh, quite all, uh, all right. It's I, I apologize. Mr. O'Brien here was just say, saying about the, um, the the peaches, which seems to su support your idea of the mythological connection. Oh, yeah. Pe peach trees have quite a bit of resonance, do they not, Miss Shudder? In, in indeed, they do. How could you tell from the? Ah, oh, well, it's, if you see here, look, look see, see the leaves? See how they're shaped? Ah, yes, I do. <laughs> look at that. Like, you, you're standing in front of the projection, you're going, and Baza Swain's like, uh, you know you're blocking it with your hand, right? <laughs> <laughs> I see. That moment when several different spheres of um, knowledge all come together in one room and they don't quite mesh together, so we're all coming at it from dangles. It's brilliant. Vaughn, <laughs> <laughs> have this image from the book. Maybe she got a stick. Maybe she was standing to one side and pointing to the leaves with like a like what are those? Like a like a, a wand or a stick or whatever. Column. Lends her his stick. Ah, thank you very much. And You're very welcome, miss. Ah, stick. <laughs> if there's anything else you want to do, and I'm now going to actually use game mechanics now, if you yes. want to, like, spend any yeah. points from any skills to kind of get more information out of this image, you totally can. I am going to assume that Colum did any spending he could do when they discovered this. Yeah, I will and therefore Colum I am did. not going to spend any points because I assume that he has already had a trial. Yeah. Colum, you've done everything within your wheelhouse of knowledge. If you want me to expand more upon anything you think you would reasonably know about, go right ahead. Can I roll using uh, anthropology to gain some more info on the ape creatures that we see? Uh, just spend a point from anthropology. No roll required. A point? Cool. Uh, more on the ape creatures. It would appear that, since you were all there for that dream, yeah, those were the same creatures in that valley you were in. Like, they're definitely the same. You also kind of pick apart, like, these are clearly, like, dis like diverged from humans at some point in evolutionary ancestry. They also have green hair. Huh. Green hair. That's like uh, white fuzzy, white fuzzy bodies. 
green shaggy hair. Green shaggy hair. I'll admit I haven't heard of that one before. Seen it. Could be a subspecies. Uh, you know, you sound you sound very condescending. I must. This is my field. <laughs> it's my field. Coco, mm. it's all like my field. That's not not how it how it's intended. I apologize. It was simply <laughs> a thought when you said you did not recognize it. No, uh, BD, Vivian, you got anything? I don't know. I don't think I have anything to really expand this with. Since this is a projection, I would assume I can't really determine just, you know, because it's very different from looking at something in like real life if any parts were painted later than others. You well, could, in theory, like, depending on what you're trying to find out, uh, like, column could probably fill you in if there's some, like, colors and stuff you're interested in. Right now, since I think all the imagery has been assessed, um, could I do... Could I use a point in art history to, I guess, get any maybe potential significance in time or meaning from the mandalas? Yeah, sure. Okay. They definitely seem to take on the same pattern as Tibetan prayer flags, like in terms of their colors. You also notice that there seems to be with the mandalas in particular, it's this pattern is, you know, very much, uh, how should I put this? It's that the mandalas themselves don't seem to be suggesting like any sort of, of like actual physical one-to-oneness, but are sort of trying to represent the cyclical nature of, of earth you know, in the karmic cycle on a grander scale. All right. Um, I will pass that information on. From my understanding of mandala patterns, This seems to have some Tibetan significance or origin and representative of the cyclicalness of, of life and reincarnation, from what I'm getting, at least from this projection. I can hardly fault your thoughts there. Line up close with my own. I'm gonna toss you a curveball here, Nash. Yes, throw it at me. Uh, Since I imagine Colum has been looking at this a lot, both in real life and the picture. Mm -hmm. 
cryptography in case it contains some sort of hidden message. I'll give it to you. Very good point spend, if you want to do it. Yeah. Cool. Hidden amongst the prayer flags is actually a little of the prayer flag pattern is a bit of a hidden alternate message, actually. It reads in a form of, uh, it reads in a form of older Tibetan, which your translation wouldn't be perfect, but this is the best you've got. It reads something along the lines of, they have come, the end is here, because they have come. And it repeats over and over and over again. Uh, and can you give me that line just yep. so I can jot it down? They're here. The end has come because they are here. Yeah. Or because they have come. A bonus point from the... A, sec, a second thing with, that the cryptography reveals with that is that it spells out, if you look very carefully, Tokobahaya. See if I got that spelling right. I'm going to make sure myself, just to be sure. I was close. Uh, I'm a little off. It's Toka Bahaya. There we go. Bahaya. There we go. And he'll, of course, point, point this out to, uh, to the others as well. Uh, actually, you can use these sort of flags to convey messages. And if you were to read this out, of course, this could be pure happenstance. It's simply my mind playing tricks on me. But they could be saying, they are here. The end has come because they are here in a repeating pattern. And could also read us as Tuk a Bahai a, which, well, it's a fascinating anecdote, but I'm not sure if it relates to anything. But yes. The word is so old and hyper specific that whatever it means in Tibetan is lost on you. Yeah. And it, he almost looks a little embarrassed just for uh, just for bringing it up, but anyway, it's out there. Professor Wang comes down uh, back to the uh, to the uh, lecture hall and goes, "Okay, okay, I've, I've I've arranged passage for you. I think I've got it all sorted out. Uh, I'm going to be uh, staying behind and uh, making a bunch of calls and talking to American embassies to make sure that nothing happens." Just to smooth things over a bit. But uh, uh, meet me in my office. Of course, of course, and thank you. He'll come along to the office. Yes. Everyone going in? Yep. Mm-hmm. 
he he they gather you into the office uh you know you know he sits down and goes okay so i was able to arrange passage uh the problem though is that uh unfortunately you are getting a military escort oh it's just the nature of china at this time and uh it's going to uh really slow down your travel but i couldn't negotiate a way around it I mean, I don't think we need oh, it. That is, they yeah. insist. That is quite sure right. we can endure it if we have to. As you were saying, we don't want to go upsetting the authorities now, do we? This is a good show of faith. Well, at least you. Yes. Seems uh, like an odd thing to say in this context, but okay. Uh, in addition, <laughs> uh, the other thing, uh, he's just looking down and he uh, looks at a Here's all the money I could really scrape up for uh, an expedition. Uh, everybody increase your credit rating by one. Okay. He gives you, like, a sack full of uh, Mexican silver dollars. It's all I really could muster here. It's at this time I now give you the warning that refreshing credit rating is going to be super hard because you're all away from your jobs right now. Are you sure you can afford this? This is, a this is the university's money. They understood the situation, and this is what we could spare. Mm. Oh, in that case, make, make sure to doubly thank the deeds for me. You're welcome. Uh, finally, and uh, uh, you're going... Wait, I can only get you as far as uh, Xi'an. Uh, from there, you're going to need to arrange to get another... Uh, to get another uh, expedition uh, force to help you out. You're going to need carts and horses and uh, local experts and guides, etc., etc. But uh, I know two people in Xi'an who can help you out. Uh, uh, Mi Han and his son, Mi Hu. Just uh, tell them Professor Wang sent you, and they will gladly, uh, and they'll gladly help you out. Um, what is it they do? Oh, uh, they are, uh, they organize caravans. Hmm. They have, uh, abundant resources, and their rates are relatively fair. Ah, that's Fair enough. Good friend, much obliged. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, if you could potentially call, uh, call ahead so they know what you expect. Oh, yes, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, the road's going to be a bit of a... It's going to be a bit long, but I think you, uh, you've you done this trek before, and you can do it again. Uh, the motorcade will get you pretty far, so... But once you're past Xi'an, uh, you're going to be a little bit uh, on your own. You're going to be taking a lot of it on horseback or foot. Oh, good thing I'm used to both of those. Thing indeed. Oh, and, uh, one last thing. He looks to the left, he looks to the right, he wants to make sure nobody's looking, uh, from, to inside his office. He opens up a trunk for you, and he wants to give you something. What does he want to give me? What does he want to give us? <laughs> this. <laughs> a flag. <laughs> Yeah, flag. Flag. If you this is official, 
this is a it, when you're driving or if you're uh, anywhere, hang this off of your car. You're all from, most of you are from the UK or the British Raj. It, it, you should be able to pass for this. Just fly the flag of the Raj and uh, they'll think you're government officials. I want to like Ooh. it. Okay. Is this legal? Asking out of character. Technically speaking, Enough. no. You're impersonating a government official. But if you want to ensure your safety, it might be a better way to go about this. Thank you, my friend. And it goes in the suitcase. Uh, don't mention it. <clears throat> oh, uh, I will not be mentioning it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you don't know how much this means. You're saving the university a whole lot of trouble and possibly preventing an international incident between the United States and China right now. Oh, after all the work we have done together, it's the, it, it's the least I can do. You'd do the same for me. Exactly. If you need anything, you can always telegraph back here, though it may take a day or two. Uh, do you have any questions for him, or...? I said, Colin has made this trip before. I expect he'd know just about how to get where he wants to go. Mm -hmm. And you know how roughly long it'll take? Uh, it'll take you a day to get to Xi'an and about two days to get to uh, Tunhuang. Okay, not bad, not bad. Now that we're more in private, you just happen to know a little bit more of what exactly we can expect from Langdon when we arrive. Who knows? He was able to send a telegraph, so he's clearly not in any sort of physical danger. But there may be legal trouble he's gotten into, or he may have been... If I had to guess, he may have been held up by some war band. Mm. Could be a ransom. Who knows? Well, if let, that let is the case... There's nothing How more serious to... than... Sorry. <laughs> No, please. I was just going to be right, Lang. <laughs> mm. uh, what was Vivian's question? Just sort of general. How? how what's going to be expected of us? Just you get there. Hope. Do whatever we need to get. Make sure Langdon is safe. And uh, above all else, just we need answers. Right. Can, can, uh, who? The the last name sounds familiar, but I'm not too familiar with who exactly Langdon is. If I could, he's an archaeologist, uh, probably one of the forerunners in American archaeology. Uh, he's been working on solutions to uh, retrieve murals by uh, using a super glue solution to uh, remove them from walls. Oh yes, okay, that's why the name was familiar. Yes, there's some controversy amongst that, but as of right now, he hasn't really had the chance to test it on anything. Mm. Hope when he tests it on something minor. <laughs> Hopefully he has not been testing it on the murals, and that's why the locals have pissed off. Oh my. Well, that would be bad. 
Who knows? Mm. Bring Langdon along, I said. It would be worth it, I said. It was going to make this entire expedition more prestigious, I thought. <laughs> well, um, not to worry. We're going to smooth this whole thing over. Just you watch. Godspeed. Get some sleep. Uh, the motorcade departs in the morning. Uh, do you happen to know who will be responsible for the uh, military es escort? Ah, yes. Uh, one second. <laughs> Gotta find her. <laughs> Sorry, I, I had this. I asked General Wu Pei Fu. And is there anything we should know about General Wu before we encounter him? General Wu is a very standoffish man. Uh, he will never, he uh, has very much respect for law and order, but uh, only really honoring the laws of uh, the Republic, not really anyone else's. So. I've used uh, the ensign in front of him before, but and he doesn't mind, but uh, he will gladly hand you over the moment he thinks he can get gain something from it. So be careful. Mm. Let would us he... not antagonize him. Would would we be antagonizing him by using that flag then? No. As far as he's concerned, you're on you're on Chinese ground. You are only obliged to obey Chinese law. Okay, all right. Uh -huh. He has no time to check whether or not you're actually officials of the British Raj. Not his business. <laughs> okay. Well, I can respect a man who keeps in his lane, I suppose. Yeah. I say it's good. Guess it's through. It's a great honor. Well, as long as he doesn't sell us out, then yes. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Good luck out there. You're going to need it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, good luck here as well, my friend. I believe that you will be needing it as well. So yes, uh, let's wrap this whole thing up with a little bow on it. Uh, so, how do people prep through the night, if at all, for the departure in the morning? Well, I pack my stuff back up. I gather together my typical, typical day bag that I bring with me on these journeys that take places. Your typical set of, extra set of clothing. You've got flashlights up. Uh, Question: Would I, would I be allowed to be carrying a a handgun in this situation? Could I bring that into I'm the going country? Going to say you did, it? and you somehow got it past a uh, border. Okay, snuck and it's in the bottom of the bag. It's there is the emergency. 
space. You're in it's... Civil War era China. Of course you brought a gun. Yes, exactly. <laughs> in Civil War era Ireland, of course I have a gun. Ah, so fulfilling. Yeah, your, your basic out in the wilds preparation, a little bit of food, water, hope, basic supplies. I bloody do this for a living. And uh, what are the others doing? Well, Column is used to being stuck in the middle of nowhere with uh, very little things for prolonged time. So he is going to pack um, whatever necessities he, uh, with his experience, think is um, needed for this trip. And probably a little bit extra, just because as, as we're saying, we, we know there can be road disruptions. Uh, and things like that. So he he'll stock off as uh, up as well as he can. Then he'll be staring at his suitcase for a pretty long while in the evening, um, before he sets to cleaning his tools and then returning them to uh, to the suitcase, making sure they are where they're supposed to be if he ends up needing. Vivi's gonna if this is accessible to like telegram home just to let people know that she won't be back for a bit yeah absolutely and she'll be packing well she was low-key she was hoping that uh, there would be some field experience or you know on-site preservation involved so she did have some tools already on her but she'll be making sure to pack an extra set of clothes, general art preservation tools, and she does have a few knives on her for protection as well, as well as her sketchbook that has a few notes in it on past pigment studies uh, and some pieces that really inspire her. Let's see, and uh, Vivian? <laughs> Well, <clears throat> Vivian didn't specifically come prepared for any kind of detour, but she, she, you know, she makes do with what she's got. She's perfectly willing to, you know, get in amongst it, not raise a fuss about it. She thinks about it for a minute and then decides, no, it's not really worth writing home for what's really going to be a short few day detour. Well, Finn knows can't hurt him. Worked for you thus far. Exactly. As you're... Uh, the next morning comes. You're on the outskirts of the city, getting ready to depart for the road ahead. Cars are being... Uh, cars are being lined up. Driver, Military drivers are being given. And, uh... Uh, General... And, uh, General Wu Pei Fu comes up and, uh... Just goes... <laughs> All right. Let's see. You going to Xi'an? Is he speaking is English correct, or like? He's speaking English. Okay. Yes. Indeed. 
And you, and you plan to just uh, hire a caravan and uh, then just make it to Tunhua. That is correct. Our plan, sir. All right. I see no trouble. We'll be up. We'll be hitting the road very shortly. Just keep your head down. Enjoy, enjoy the ride as much as you can, and. uh, just don't cause any trouble or disturb any of my soldiers. They are very, very busy men. Of course. Of course, sir. Salute. And uh, he gets uh, to beginning the escort. What would be the appropriate way for a... Like, would it be appropriate for a civilian to return a salute? Uh, it probably wouldn't be. Then I will not. And thus, uh, the, and thus, as we uh, begin traveling the road, you depart on. Uh, what was it? You depart in the motorcade. These cars traveling down, leaving uh, the the city of decaying splendor behind you. The road stretches out ahead. And. We return once again back to the lecture hall. China, as you know, has been wrecked by conflict in the past few years. And the conflict is still ongoing. There was the Boxer Rebellion in Peking in 1900, when the peasant militia besieged the foreign legislation quarters. Then, in 1912, the Qing dynasty collapsed and the country went under control of the current Republican government. But in reality, it is the local warlords who hold real power. The north supports the current Beijing government. The south supports the former secret society known as the Kuomintang. Peking, the now former capital, is probably the safest place for foreigners, despite the limited outside trade and restricted access into the city. But traveling outside the city walls is where the real danger lies. Roaming armies, bandits, and individual warlords can enforce their will on the women. 